I'm Greg Dollar Coleman. Welcome to Ellipses Thinking, a podcast dedicated to exploring the nature of the creative journey in process. If an ellipses builds the perfect bridge from where you've both been and are now to where you're next meant to be, then what intrigues me most lives in the spaces between those three tiny dots. Paying attention and how accurate that is uh, an expression, you know, again, those things that we use glibly, well, I paid attention to, but the, it is that, that when we focus and use and attention, our attention, we are paying and it is a way to be in reciprocity, natural reciprocity and gratitude with what it is that we are paying attention to. I, I really love that. In some ways it is a gift. This gift of being fully present and paying attention to the world and ourselves within it lies at the heart of Catherine Weinman's way of being. Her professional and personal careers have been dedicated in service to the growth of others in leadership and life. Always drawn to writing, Catherine has recently come to fully recognize and honor her poet's voice, paying fresh attention to each moment. Through her poetry and contemplative, creative nonfiction, Catherine shares the beauty in her imperfect, sometimes broken, but mostly well-lived and much-loved life in her weekly blog, A Wabi-Sabi Life, a celebration of existence unfolding in all its mess and misery and with all its grit and grace. A globally recognized practitioner, teacher, and mentor of the Circle Way, Catherine is adept at the art of hosting, ensuring the space for others to be seen and understood as they navigate their own learning pathways. As we sat down to begin our conversation, I was struck with a powerful instinct to start with a story. So years ago, uh, Tammy and I were attending an arts conference, uh, an arts education conference in Vancouver that was uh, kicked off with a keynote by this powerful blues singer. And um, after she spoke, she joined the room for a bit of a mix and mingle opening night reception. And I remember approaching her with a question and the impact of what I next experienced has never left me. And here's the thing. I don't remember her name. I don't remember my question. I have no idea what her keynote content was. And if I'm being really honest, I've kind of, you know, with time and memory, I've blended that conference with a number of others that I had the privilege to attend in those years. But what I will always remember is the feeling I had in the presence of this individual that I was the only person in the room and that what we had to exchange in that moment was the only thing that mattered. And there's no romantic punchline. It was just simply presence. And I tell the story as a way of setting up how grateful I am to be sitting down with you this morning, Catherine. As long as I have known you, I have always felt a simple comfort in your presence, a gentleness. And you have a way of setting a table for a conversation that provides the guest with the invitation to feel truly hosted. 
and within that to feel at ease to drop into a kind of deep reflective regenerative space that is so conducive to the vulnerability that invites ellipsis thinking so i appreciate that i'm the host but i want to thank you for a place at your table this morning oh greg thank you so much um hmm. hosting um you know, I think that that is uh, such a beautiful word, and um, you know that I, uh, when I, in a professional way, engage with people, um, whether that was individually or in groups to any scale, um, that that very much was the way in which, um, and, and I credit that to the, the training that I took to learn a different way of engaging, a different way of facilitating, if you will. And, and you're in this here and now confirming my success with that undertaking. But I remember years ago, I used to do a lot of teaching um, in facilitation skills because that was a, a word that people understood. They didn't always understand the hosting. And so that art of hosting, which is a global uh, community of people who practice in this way that you are speaking, of which you're speaking, um, uh, I, of course, that was how I taught facilitation. And I remember having um, uh, a school administrator stop the conversation and say, you are talking about facilitation in just such a different way from how I've experienced that. And I said, oh, and how is that? And he said, well, typically to be manipulated to a predetermined outcome, which is the way a lot of people would um, have experienced a lot of those kind of group meetings that, you know, that there was an agenda that was being, that was driving the conversation. It was to a specific endpoint and so on and so forth. And it was like, oh, great, great. He's, he's getting it in a very nuanced way. Um, which is through the experience. And I would even go so far as to say, and I think what you're alluding to is our body and our beings knowing that, mm. that something different is occurring here, that there is that presence and that engagement <laughs> and um, that we don't always have words for it because it's it's a phrase that I've I, I use that I've kind of created. It's an experience that goes on before, beneath, and beyond words, but that is indelible as your opening story really shares. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. <clears throat> it, so thank because you it again. is an it is an imprinting, isn't it? It's a, yes. it's, it's, a, it's a sense and. I, you know, when I when I was thinking about it, it isn't it isn't without some bittersweetness that 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 sticks in my mind, perhaps because it's one of a few treasured moments of those human contacts. And in this case, it was somebody I'd never met before, and I just remember thinking, "How are you doing this? <laughs> you know, how are you making me feel so incredibly seen?" and 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 um valued in in that in that moment so and you mentioned that sense of presence that 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 being you know and it's a word we 
we see all over the self-help sections of the book of the bookstores. We get it. We understand it. I I take it back to my earliest uh, uh, training as an actor when to be present was everything, and it was also the most confounding concept because how could you do that truly and and truly let it all go? And of course. Um, letting go is one of the one of the most challenging things, uh, you know. And, and as I say that, Catherine, I, re- I remember again distinctly a conversation that we had in in a, a group of leaders in which, for me, I think you 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 invited into the space the word um, uh, surrender, and I thought. I'm an adult. Why am I still holding on to this singular white flag definition of surrender, which means I lose? Mm. And when I went, so, so yeah. So, (laughs) so again, I acknowledge that, that you have had, you've, 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 you've invited me to open up to, to, to some, some lovely places that then continued beyond, as you say, uh, into my own, wanderings, if you will. Mm. But it's more about presence. Talk to me a bit more about presence. Is it something that you have always been in touch with in terms of your own, your own relationships? Uh, no, I would say absolutely not. Mm. Um, that being said, you know, I know that um, being a person and coming to terms with a lot of anxiety um, uh, you know, and the managing or the holding of myself in that kind of anxious space meant no, that I wasn't, I wasn't present. Um, and it's interesting. I think the older I get and the more I have been invited by life circumstances, COVID being one of those, um, uh, to kind of learn and move to my own rhythm to my own way of being in the world. And we talked a little bit about this last time. You know, one of the biggest lessons for me of COVID was learning that everything under the sun has its own rhyme and reason and rhythm, and that we can't make it go any faster by pulling on the grass. So holding that, you know, I, 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 I've done a lot of inner work, um, that was of necessity. And I think that kind of inner work then um, sort of informed and assisted me in, in cultivating who I am and then became really important to how I work with other people, which, you know, for the longest time, my sort of tagline was attending to the inner life to be able to live and lead with clarity and creativity and compassion and kindness, wisdom, whatever those series of words were. So um, short answer, no, I didn't have it. And I think it's, I think it's a quality. It's a practice um, that needs to be cultivated. I don't know if there are a lot of people who just come by it naturally. Maybe there are, but in my case, there was certainly um, work and practice to do that. Mm. Yeah. Mm. <clears throat> I, I, I love 
your acknowledgement that credos evolve, that credos change, the, the, the things we believe to be our, our driving forces. If we're being, I suppose, if, if we're being honest to the fact that everything is changing and everything is in evolution, then why would we not ourselves? And so, so you alluded to, to a, a shift and a, and a change as you've, as you've, you know, moved moved forward if and i appreciate you must still be attending to the inner life uh and the inner truths but i want to talk about an emerging way of being something that you've also kind of given really leaned into and and you know if anybody that's familiar with with some of your some of your current writing or your blog space will have um will have come upon a wabi-sabi life Mm -hmm. So I want to just talk to us a little bit about that journey in. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. And, and I really do think, you know, I'm one of these people, what I am, I think quite natural is a systems thinker. So, um, so for me, everything is connected, <laughs> which, uh, you know, which can be quite glorious, but at times like, holy, holy crap. <laughs> so, that being said, I think that there is for me a real connection between, you know, presence, presencing, and that appreciation of, of wabi-sabi, um, which um, I learned about. A friend sent me an email at one point when I was in the midst of um, dealing with uh, Bell's palsy, um, a sudden onset uh, viral infection that affects the facial nerve and uh, one side of my face sort of drooped. And I think it's gained, people know a little bit more about it because of um, Justin Bieber. He was afflicted with a, a variation and iteration uh which I think, in fact, is what I have. So that whole notion of she said to me, ah, Catherine, you are now living in the wabi-sabi. And I had to look up what that was and, you know, learn that it is um, kind of a Japanese philosophy of, of design, that mm. appreciation of the broken cup that is then filled with gold, um, kintsugi, or the the distressed barn board or um, the, the holes in a, in a sweater that are mended, um, the chip China, uh, you know, um, to really be able to appreciate that. And that, that became a way of appreciating my life and how yeah. I am in my life. Um, you know, the, the, the beauty and the anxieties that, that sometimes can be overwhelming, but that have resulted in a, a sensitivity and an appreciation of things that perhaps go unnoticed by other people. Um, that ability to notice, the ability to pay attention um, to the mundane, um, you know, to just, I think, an appreciation. And then to see how that ripples out to, I think, giving me more ease and appreciation and a tolerance growing. This is all practice, but a growing tolerance for sitting in the tensions, 
the paradoxes, you know, between the knowing and the not knowing what the way it should be, but the way it isn't uh, (laughs) going um, the sense of it needs to go faster. But wait a minute. Remember what you learned. Everything has its own rhyme and reason and rhythm under the sun, you know, those types of things. So that's Hmm. what that, and, and it's been so important to me that yes, in January of 2020 with a, 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 a quality of prescience, which I realize, um, I have developed in a variety of ways, but in 2020 of January developed my newest blog, which I called a, a Wabi Sabi life. Um, as a platform really solely devoted to developing my writing, which I've needed to do, chosen to do, when COVID knocked the stuffing out of my consulting practices I'd know in it. So here mm-hmm. I am. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So again, t- t- turning turning the page that was inviting you to, to in fact, flip it over. Absolutely. Right? Lovely, yeah. beautifully put, Greg. Mm-hmm. So and into that page turning, uh, you've found not, not a new love, but a place for the love affair of writing to really expand within you. Is that, is that fair to say? Mm-hmm. Where is yeah. that? Where, where are you in, where are you in that water now? Hmm. Well, in the last couple of years, you know, since it was like, okay, what are you going to do now? Um, you know, that <laughs> beautiful line from, Mary Oliver in the summer day, what is it you plan to do with your one wild and precious life? A question that really I've held for many years and has, as we're talking about, you know, shape shifts over time. Um, You know, it was like, okay, what am I going to do now? And it's like, yeah, you're going to write. And if I think about it, it was 10, 11 years ago that I started my first blog. It was while I was on a leave of absence and I was traveling as a way to stay in touch with people, but really it was to say, let's see if I can find, do I have a writer's voice? Let's, let's see. It was my experiment and that has kind of gone with me. So now it's like, okay, we're, we're going to embrace this. And in, in the last couple of years, you know, taking advantage of a lot of free online offerings and and recitations by poets um, and courses and whatever. So I'm really self-taught. And I um, have um, chosen, or maybe in some ways, Hmm. it's that again, acknowledging or recognizing that the genre that I think really works for me is poetry. And I I think back and when I think of how I show up in the world, I think it is with a poet's poet's way, a poet's way of looking at life and at the world. So, you know, I've tried my hand. I I call my blog kind of contemplative, creative nonfiction, um, but but the genre that I'm really exploring and, and what I write to and have a manuscript now that I'm shopping to publishers is really poetry in that kind of contemplative way. Um, I think that's always been a way that a a way of my being. There is this word that 
that's in the room with us, and you and I have pushed the word around a little previously, but the word is wisdom. And um, I sense this presence of wisdom even in your journeying. And and when I use the word, it is it's always been with that the same sense uh, of of beauty, which wisdom is in the eye of the beholder. <laughs> so I guess I I'm curious as to what you see in 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 when you behold wisdom and feel it coursing in you, but also in the world. Talk to us about wisdom for a bit. Thank you. Um, uh, uh, sort of a sister blogger, by that I mean a, a woman who is at a similar place of life and age and curiosities as me, just wrote uh, last week about, you know, older women being wiser and what, what did we think of wisdom? And, you know, she recited some research and so on and so forth. And I, I responded to that and said, um, for me, uh, that, that notion of wisdom, which this research didn't, apparently touch on at all but it is a growing it's a curiosity and a sensitivity to um not it's not head it's it's not it's not head-based it's more that embodied sensing and knowing and curiosity um that i think really is enlivened and supported by our being in nature um, that's not always beautiful. I mean, there's, you know, the, the double-edged sword of being in nature. Um, and, and I think that uh, that kind of awareness and appreciation, curiosity, and, and taking ourselves into those places really begins to inform and shape and give a different depth and dimension to wisdom. And that's what I'm curious about. I think last time we talked briefly about um, this course that I'm in, this it's called rewilding mythology. And, and it really is about a, appreciating a different order, a, a different way of, um, and really what it is, is it's, it's that indigenous, global indigeneity of an appreciation of um, the earth and nature and beings other than our own. And part of that also then relates to um, getting getting curious and comfortable and not about what's not seen, what's not understood, the underworld, the darkness, the earthiness of life. So hmm. those are those are qualities for me that that are are grabbing me and um, saying, pay attention when I consider wisdom. Mm, pay attention. <clears throat> I know that when I think of the kind of wisdom that I admire and I'm inspired by within you, and I've used this term before, this sense, sort of integrated lived wisdom, I, I, I very much sense, even in this conversation, this weaving, you talked about um, things in their own time and uh, and and that awareness of what there is to pay attention to in the natural world. Um, and I know as well that you're a walker, 
as you have said to me, a meanderer, Greg, a meanderer, <laughs> but a, a, a walker. A saunter, a saunterer. Yeah. A saunterer. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> fair yeah. enough. Like Thoreau. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Ex- well, fair. Okay, but, but Thoreau wandered about the woods around the pond. <laughs> you just recently came back from a longer walk. Mm-hmm. Um, you, 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 did, you did the Camino in Spain. Um, something I think, if I'm not mistaken, was it something that was in the works in your mind, at least, or even on paper before, before uh, the world closed down in 2020, or or is it was it more a response to? No, um, it, it's been in my in my blood and mind and heart and soul for over 20 years. Um, that I thought I'd, uh, you know, I first read uh, about the Camino. Shirley MacLaine wrote a book in 2020, and uh, that just it captivated me. I knew nothing about it and just kind of tucked that away. And then several years ago, um, we have uh, here in Edmonton, and there is one in Victoria, all over Canada, all over the world, but we have the Canadian Company of Pilgrims, and we have a local chapter here. And Every week I'd get this invitation from the group because I'd gone to a few meetings because I was curious, like, what, what's this all about? And uh, there was a fellow in preparation who decided to start a walking group every Saturday. And finally, about four or five years ago, had to be one of the coldest Saturdays of the winter. I said yes to this and, and would walk with this group. And at the end of that first year, I said, you know, that ended up being one of the best yeses I'd ever said and made. So fast forward, um, then, you know, started to, to walk more regularly. One of the guys again in the, in the chapter during COVID set up a Camino de Edmonton. And so I, I said, I'm going to do that come rain or snow or sleet or sun, which we got all of during those 13 weeks in the fall of 2020 and then again in 2021. And it taught me about what I needed to do and how I needed to do this. And so in December of 2021, I did the sort of put my stake in the ground and uh, said, I'm going to do this and began to work with a company in Portugal, Portugal Greenwalks. And uh, with them kind of designed a bespoke customized mm-hmm. itinerary um, and uh, walked the Portuguese coastal Camino in mm-hmm. May and took a lovely 20 days to do so. Uh, a walk that many people will do in 12 or 14 days. I, I designed it to saunter mm-hmm. <laughs> and to, to notice and and, you know, before that, though, because this Saturday group, you know, that was all about the Camino, people would say to me, so have you walked a Camino? And, uh, you know, it was kind of holding the, well, no, I haven't. And I don't know if I ever will. But then to be able to say to them, you know, I walk a Camino every day. Like, the truth is, when you really, well, my way and also how I've been um, encouraged to look at it is, is that the Camino is something that we do every day. And, and a wise woman that encountered some people I knew who walked said, remember, the Camino really is what happens when you get home. So it's, 
it's the literal walk, yes, but it's so much more than that. So hmm. I knew last December when I said yes to the Camino and began the preparation in earnest and money down and dates and flights and all of that, that the Camino was beginning to do its work on me. And so it continues. So it's it's not bound, at least in my way of being, Beautiful. It's not bound to that 20 days. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and so it, and it begs the question, um, what happened when you got home? Well, I came home with the COVID souvenir. Oh, I forgot. I'm so sorry. I wasn't sitting. No, no. I mean, it's part of it, you know. It's part the of special it. Camino stamp. <laughs> yeah, that did not go in the Compostello. But um, <sighs> yeah, I, I came home. In fact, you know, I was, who knows if I had it while I was there. Many, many people did. Hmm. Uh, but I was not well and when I got home. And I had tested several times while I was there, including the day I was flying, but it was negative. But that doesn't mean anything. But when I got hmm. home, I tested positive. So, you know, it, it gave me, because I also know about myself increasingly, when I fly those types of distances, I know enough not to book a lot when I get home. I need a lot of transition time for all of me to arrive home. And so I didn't have anything on my calendar. So that worked out okay. You know, I, I took the time I needed, which was probably five or six weeks to really feel myself back again. Um, mm -hmm. And, and I took, and, and then I wrote, um, I wrote um, uh, uh, about my experience. And, and what was really, and then um, uh I, I sort of synthesize that. So I've got several blogs devoted to that. And then I sort of synthesize that into a, a little story that last week I was invited to present to this local Camino chapter, um, kind of, uh, I think I called it a creative's way of walking uh, her Camino, because what they recognized, um, and this was really lovely, and you used in your story right at the beginning, the gift of this woman seeing you. Like, I, I think that's one of the most profound experiences that we can give and, and, and receive from, from another is that being seen. So my chapter recognized, they see me as being I think they said, you're our resident artist poet. So would you talk to us? It was our first in-person gathering last Wednesday. And, and so I did, you know, I, I talked to them about how I walked this Camino with wonder and gratitude and uh, just looking for the beauty that, that it would entail. So. And so now what I'm planning on doing, my winter cocoon, wintering cocoon project is to kind of create a bit of a photo, prose, poetry, memoir of this walk. Mm, that's I'm lovely. That. That's Thanks lovely. for the question. Yeah. yeah. Well, <clears throat> I just get the sense the river continues to move. And well, I mean, we know that, that but in, even in this conversation, I just really see that 
that strength of the power of the water, but the ability to step into the shallow and just watch some of that go by and let it be. And, and, sure. and you're trusting your inner self and your inner wisdom in that way. I want to come to, and, and, and this, and this may actually bring closure to this conversation. Um, I don't, I don't know. I don't know, but I'm, I'm just, I, I, and I think this was a term you had. I'm, I'm leaning into this sense that, that this might be the way in which we, we bring this to a close. And if it is, then let me, let me, uh, preface it by saying that, um, last, season in, 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 in the, the work of, of these conversations, there's always been a version of a question at the end um, of the conversations. And the heart of the question, I think, gets at celebrating oneself. I, I, I really want to provide that opportunity for a guest on this in these conversations to be um, fully honoring of themselves. And, and uh, whether by speaking a truth to a younger self or by imagining into a future where others will remember you. And we've been talking about your journey, and it just had this really strong sense of if you were to be at a circle conversation with Catherine at different places in Catherine's journey, what questions would you want to be asking Hmm. What might be the possibility? What might be the possibilities in something going not the way you thought it should go? And what has your curiosity, what, what is shimmering for you now? that really is attracting your curiosity. And where and with whom and how do you want to pay attention? And do you know why? That paying attention, and I emphasize that, I read something um, from Robin Wall Kimmerer, the author of Braiding Sweetgrass, and, and who just, who writes so beautifully, speaks so beautifully, but she talks about paying attention and how accurate that is. Uh, an expression, you know, again, those things that we use glibly, well, I paid attention to, but the it is that, that when we focus and use and attention, our attention, we are paying and it is a way to be in reciprocity, natural reciprocity and gratitude with what mm. it is that we are paying attention to. I, I really love that. In some ways, it is a gift when we are doing that wisely, I think. Yeah. A, cur- a currency, Right? A currency, this exactly. Is a beautiful currency of attention. Yes. And what I choose to pay attention to. Yeah. And then really do so, follow yeah. through on that. If we are coming to a closure, I feel like I have to do um, two, uh, um, well, one, anyways. So when we talk about the word practice, I have a funny story. So mm. um, uh, I, I own that. Um, 
in my home <laughs> with my beloved husband, I do not always bring my best. <laughs> you know, there it is. There's okay. the true wisdom. Okay. <laughs> it, it, I don't. I don't. And mm. I'm one of these people who, you know, and I know there are others like me who kind of have has to kind of renew my vows every day, sort of thing, you know. Mm. And uh, one night we were watching the news and the Dalai Lama was uh, visiting British Columbia. And it was at a time when the Chinese were kind of in an uproar about whatever with regards to Tibet. And uh, they kind of were making all kinds of political statements that how dare Canada be uh, welcoming uh, in the Dalai Lama. And I'm watching the news just cursing. My husband, Sig, turns around and looks at me and he says, and that would be the voice of compassion. To which I did not miss a beat to say, and that is why they call it practice. <laughs> so it's just, you know, I mean, he catches me. And I used to say, you know, in all of the, the teaching that I would do in a variety of ways, you know, I would say... If my husband was here, he would be saying right now, and I wish you would bring some of that home. You know? <laughs> so I, I just I just need to kind of own that, you know, that uh, uh, I think it, it speaks to the complexity of, of who I and we are in various dimensions. My husband does funny. not always get the best. His, no, and in fairness, aren't we fortunate to have partners who give us what we need in that moment, which is the boot if we need it. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and it's and I love that you shared that because you know I, I am aware of how to someone who's not met somebody as a guest, you know, they might say, "Well, that's all very lovely," but you know. <laughs> Does, does what what really drives her crazy and right. uh and and when we're human we're human so again i think that's the beauty of the of, of for me anyway my understanding of the of the gifts of imperfection is yeah. we live with intention and then we have to relive it again and again and again yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> relive our vows <clears throat> You know, I, as I as I, as I said a moment ago, that that sense of of being curious about how we celebrate ourselves, and I, I I just I hadn't come in with that thought, but I wanted to know what that conversation might be like with with your with your other selves, and then I, I'll be again transparent. I'm inspired. I think I know where that came from. It was something that you had shared out. Uh, just last night, I came across it. It was a it was a, a quote, and I want to read it. And that is the ghost of all women, of all the women you used to be, are proud of the woman you've become. And it's simply ascribed to to the hashtag uh, the global sisterhood. Mm -hmm. um, uh, my understanding is that that quote was also the the place of a deep and resonant conversation for you at least as you had shared it out so again mm -hmm. the ghost of all the women you used to be are proud of the woman you've become mm -hmm. so how how is that sitting with you as you sit here today in 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 the woman that you know you are have become and are continuing to become mm -hmm. where's that live mm -hmm. So I'll just say it was um, the wonderful conversation I had with Tammy on Thursday. 
And then I saw this the next day and thought, I, I'm going to post it. I hope she realizes that um, it's about us. Uh, well, so and I, may I, I say right here, I did not know that. Oh, well, I read well. this. I've not spoken to her about it at all. <laughs> it was like a real setup, but I need, no, to, I need to say, no, 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 no. I, I know that. I, I appreciate that that was just... And I was immediately thinking about that quote when you asked me, the, what would those questions be? And, and the change I would make with that is, um, it's not necessarily all the women when I think of, you know, holding all of who we are through our lives, you know, the, 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 the baby who was really curious about things, you know, I, I, the, the, the five-year-old, the six, the seven-year-old who packed the peanut butter sandwich and said, I'm going on a hike down to the Creek, you know, and my father was like, you go girl, <laughs> you know, and realizing that was sort of the, the seeds of the walking that I love to do, you know, all of those pieces of myself. Um, and I, and I, for me, that's been, um, that's been the fruit of my labors. That a quote so pithy, so succinct, that for me speaks of the fruit of my labors to, to, to have appreciation, you know, to see the, the to, to love the imperfections, um, I think of Rumi, a favorite poem, The Guest House, you know, and all these strangers that kind of visit you and, you know, you really want to sweep them out, but they're really there as kind of mm. gifts from the beyond. They're messengers. So that kind of, again, having a growing trust and appreciation for that. And, and that quote was just, ah, yeah. And, and I think from the place of where I and women stand now to also be able to share that back, to, 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 to remind those younger selves, hmm. the, 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 the younger selves that we, we are, we have been, as well then as to be able to hold the possibility for others, women, girls, young women, of, of what a beautifully imperfect, mostly well-lived and much-loved life looks like. Hmm. Yeah. That feels like a lovely place to put this down. Does that feel like that for you? <laughs> hmm. Yeah, perfect. Thank you. Thanks so very much for just hosting this, this, this conversation by your very being. So oh, thank you. You did a good job of co-hosting. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Greg. The Ellipses Thinking Podcast is a proud member of the Ordinary Podcasting Network and is produced by Greg and Jordan Dowler-Coltman. The show's theme music has been generously provided by Jordan Hart. And if you're interested in learning more about the ideas behind Ellipses Thinking, please visit DowlerColtman.com. You can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Thank you for listening. <laughs>